ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 72 of Those Muckrakers. I'm Pete. And I'm Pat. And I'm not even dressed for this. I'm in my underwear. <laughs> well, I mean, better to be tired on a podcast than uh, tired on a date. You know why you never want to be tired on a date, Peter? Why? Because you'll rubber the wrong way. I guess so. Mostly, uh, if I was on a date and I was already in my underwear, things would be going pretty well, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it depends on if you progressed to being in your underwear or if you started in your underwear. I just rolled in. I'm like, hey, what's up? It's just scratching my stomach. <laughs> You're just there at the door, scratching your belly. So, hey, I got these uh, flowers, but um, you probably don't want to touch them anymore. They've been places. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a vase, so I, I carried them in... Had to carried improvise. Him, carried him in nature's vase, my butt crack. <laughs> well, speaking of butt cracks, uh, let's talk a little bit about a uh, a dear a dear Amy. This one is titled "Friend Ponders Marriage Intervention," or I like to call this story "What a Bitch." What a bitch. And I mean that in a way that I would call this person a bitch, regardless of uh, gender. Uh, I find that's a thing you can apply to anyone for almost any reason. And they say, Dear Amy, Kurt and I have been friends for 15 years. I admire him as a great volunteer for a group we both belong to. He has a bit of a challenging personality. He can be self-centered and too talkative. Can't we all, Pat? Aren't we all a little bit too talkative and self-centered sometimes? I mean, that's basically the premise of our uh, entire podcast. Like the two of us can't shut up, so we uh, we are recording our conversations for posterity to, to bore and torment future generations with. But they say Kurt is a nice guy and a good friend. I recently met his wife for the first time, so already right there. It's weird that you've known somebody for 15 years and have never met their spouse. Yes. Um... A little bit, a little bit odd, a little bit weird. I'm trying to think what situations... You know, I've known Gene for over 15 years. Is he married? Uh, Yes and no several times. Okay, yeah, I've never met any of his spouses. Yeah, but so, to, I mean, be fair, that... to be fair, uh, he's not married anymore. So yeah, and, I, and also, I haven't hung out with him since he started getting married. Yeah, so. but you don't. Yeah, but you don't like work with him. You know what I mean? Like you don't see yeah, him on yeah. the daily. Hmm. So they say I met his wife for the first time. My problem is that once his once the wife figured out that I knew Kurt, she wasted no time launching into a diatribe about him. She cited chapter and verse with examples of what a horrible guy he is and how much she hates him. Cool. Are you trying to like sell him to me or? <laughs> Whoa. That's what that sounds like. Is I really want to break up with this guy? Here you take him. It's like oh, oh, all right. <laughs> well, but in the moment, I, get, I think what you're getting at and what they're trying to do is she's trying to ward this lady off so that she won't try to steal her husband but if you've known someone for 15 years you know what type of person they are by this point you've had the chance to to uh to get to know them i mean maybe but it says in the moment i try not to register my shock i just met her maybe she just needed to confide in another woman and would have done the same with anyone my dilemma is how to proceed i feel obligated to tell kurt that his wife said this so that he can save his marriage if he wants to yeah it was that bad yes. i mean i guess i guess it could have been like um she's genuinely like you've got to get me out of here you don't know what he's like when people aren't watching <laughs> but but because the name of the you called this article what a bitch i assumed that she was the titular bitch so and she was just uh, being disingenuous so i don't well, know I, I did make a presumption there let's get to the end to find I, out I, who I the... read I read the book by the cover, or judged let's, the book by the cover. Let's get to the end and find out who the bitch was. Was it Kurt? Was it Kurt's friend or Kurt's wife? Or is it the narrator? <laughs> or is it the narrator? <laughs> well, I, being the narrator, am always a bitch, so the answer to that is always yes. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking Kurt's friend, and I realized, oh, you already named that, as I said, the narrator, so I'm glad you took it the other way. It makes me seem oh, yeah. less silly. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wonder no if hearing this from me would be more embarrassing than helpful. Kurt can be so oblivious to other people that he may not, in fact, be aware of this. My other option is to leave well enough alone, but that feels like betrayal. What if they do divorce and I could have done something to prevent it? What's your advice? Uh, knows too much. Um, geez, there's yep. so much to unpack in that. Yeah, you okay, need to so tell Kurt your wife fucking hates you. I don't see anyone as being a bitch in this scenario. Like, And if she was being disingenuous, maybe, but we don't 
know if she was i mean first of all maybe he's aware that his wife just talked shit about him but he had to be <laughs> like hey um kurt your wife kind of said it. oh yeah yeah she does that oh, okay then I mean, that's what i think right. would happen like kurt seems like just like the way they describe kind of an affable kind of mr magoo clueless guy and his wife's like ah, i fucking hate him and he's like yeah she does that <laughs> that's what i would think uh yeah i think you gotta just tell kurt be like hey kurt just Man, your wife's your wife's fucking weird. Uh, we met, and she told me what a piece of shit you are. Uh, is your marriage all right? And then I would just leave it there. You know what I mean? Because you're not gonna save somebody's marriage. This doesn't sound like something that they can work out. Um, maybe it is. Maybe she just had a really stressful day. Maybe I don't maybe know. she has a coworker named Kurt, and you misinterpreted the whole thing. When I talk about when I talk about you to other people, I don't go. You know that Pat. What a what an asshole! I can't. You know what? Yeah, like I don't. I don't talk like that about people I I like or love. You don't? No, I don't immediately start listing all their bad qualities. But when I talk about Pete, I'm always like, you're never gonna believe what this one guy survived. One time. That that that. Well, that's different. You're not. You're not like what a piece <laughs> of shit. What an absolute human pile of excrement he is. And let me give you an example. Yeah, this, this, they got some problems. They, this doesn't sound like a good marriage. I'm like, guys, you're never going to believe this, but I know someone who can play the um, you know, the one-up game without even meaning to, just by talking about his daily life. Yeah, that was the third time I survived a fire that day. It was crazy. How was your day? Fair, most of those fires were set by me on Sean. <laughs> yeah. Just to give the listeners some background, we have a dear friend named Sean who I once set his hair on fire. Yes. Uh like and? it was an accident it was an accident i was just flicking a lighter near his hair and it sparked and i'll never forget uh as the flames grew on sean's head sean did not know sean was like kurt he was oblivious and as, <laughs> so you could have just said nothing and left the room <laughs> yeah and as i watched the flames grow i go i got two options i can put it out and he'll be mad at me and he may not be my friend or I could just not do anything, and his hair will continue to burn. He'll eventually find out and not be my friend. But in this moment, as I do nothing, he is still my friend. <laughs> and I decided at that point to live in the moment, you know. Uh, and then another friend saw it and started batting at his head. That was a, <laughs> you chose that, to do nothing and let someone else take care of it. That I'll was see, the, the problem resolved itself. It did. That was the first time I set Sean on fire. But it would not be the last. It would not be. The second but, uh, time was uh, more of a napalming. Well, we were burning some plastic, and I stuck a stick in the plastic and started flinging it around, and sure enough, a uh, flaming wad of liquid plastic flew through the air and wrapped it around Sean's wrist. Uh, uh. I like Sean's reaction. He didn't do anything. He just stared at his wrist, which was now engulfed in flame and melted plastic and screamed, Get the house! <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, if anyone's not aware, napalm is basically just burning plastic that gets um, stuck to innocent villagers that um, America like to use. Like Sean. And Peter, in being an American, it's his first instinct to um, light plastic and throw it on the innocent villager, Sean. Na and napalm. it wrapped around his, his wrist like a, uh, like a bracelet. Yeah. A painful, painful bracelet. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know... Um... I don't know if I've ever set Matt on fire before, but I feel like it would be a shame if I hadn't. Have you set me on fire? I don't think so. I don't think so. You're too you're too squirrely. You 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 scuttle. That's... You scuttle real fast. <laughs> you know, I uh, I'm very happy you said that because Sean has also called me very squirrely before. I forgot yeah, what he was just... trying to do, but I like got away really quickly, and he's like, "You squirrely bastard." Yeah, you you're real good at just like ha, 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 uh, just like out of there, just like a like a small mammal. It's like, impressive. Like a small mammal or a Zoidberg. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> exactly. I, I leave the room sideways. Well, this next dear Amy comes to us from the I guess the We Live Nebraska or the Nebraska Times, huh. and it says, "Dear Amy, hold on. This is a this is a guy. This is a father son father daughter thing." Uh, I like the title. It says, uh, yeah, Ask hey. Amy. Uh, My daughter lives with me and owns a gun. Can I kick her out? And <laughs> What? Bef before I even read the, the whole thing, story? <laughs> no, that's the title. <laughs> and before I even read into it, I went, Well, not if she doesn't want to go. I mean, do you own a bigger gun? Because if not, I'm pretty sure she uh, she has all the authority in this situation. Pretty much, yeah. She's got a gun. Can I kick her out? Uh, probably, but it's going to not go very well. going to take a bomb or a tank, but uh, <laughs> I think we could manage. 
Do you have some Kevlar? Uh, so it says, this week I discovered my intelligent, hardworking, responsible 24-year-old daughter who lives with me yeah. is a gun owner. Okay. And it's not a normal gun either. Uh, right there, I'm already like, ooh, is it a space gun? Is it a laser? <laughs> it's a, uh, it's Marvin the Martian's little um, ray gun. It's a, it's a 40 caliber semi-automatic, and she has hollow points to go with it. I don't know why a 40 caliber semi-auto is a not normal gun. Semi-auto just means when you pull the trigger, a bullet comes out, which is the way most guns work. This is not the 1800s. You're not like, gotta thumb the hammer back, Billy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, since he says she has hollow points to go with it. Amy, this is the kind of gun a criminal would possess. She says it's for emergencies. Well... There have only been two home invasions in our neighborhood in the last 11 years. That's a lot of fucking home invasions. Uh, two in 11 years? I feel like that's a good, that's a that's a nice amount of home invasions, right? I, I suppose. He also doesn't say if it was his home or not, and or what happened. So it's, I guess, I'm ready. I'm just like, you seem to know a lot about guns to not want her to have one. Yeah. So, um... <sighs> Does he own any guns, or is does he have like what he considers responsible guns, and she has this? I'm assuming that he doesn't own any guns at all, and she just happened to buy this gun that made him uneasy. Well, he says, I've given her three choices. She can either give her weapon to me, sell it, or move out in three weeks. So he considers himself to be more responsible than his daughter? Because he he... the gun would still be in the house if um, she gave it to him. I know. I love my daughter, and I'd be so sad for her to move into a place that she would hardly be able to afford. But now I have to lock my bedroom door at night because I don't know what she's going to do. Now, Your she bedroom says, door is not going to protect you from bullets. <laughs> she says I don't trust her and is barely speaking to me. How can I convince her to stop endangering us? Well, man... She, she should uh, <laughs> move out and go to a seedy, cheap neighborhood that she can afford, and that would necessitate the use of her gun. That way she could be like, See, Daddy, I got robbed the third time this week, so I had to use my gun. Well, the problem with this is, again, with these, you don't know the full story, right? Like, we think that maybe he's just being, like, you know, kind of overprotective or pushy, but maybe she's running around with a gun, like, like just shooting holes in the ceiling. We don't know, maybe. Changing the TV by shooting it like uh, Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. Bam! Or, you're right, we don't know the full story. Maybe, uh, maybe what's going on here is, now you listen here, in the last 11 years, I managed to successfully rob two of these homes, <laughs> but that's because no one owned any guns. Now my daughter owns a gun, and that means I am in jeopardy. What am I, I going to do, Amy? It means the neighbors are going to get ideas, and maybe they'll get guns too, and then Christmas will suck. <laughs> <laughs> It, but but really, it reads I'm, like this person I'm running is... low on everyone else's supplies. What am I going to do? It's my time to feed again. This seems like this person is terrified of guns. Yeah. Um, Or for some reason I... doesn't want her to have a gun. I... Uh, now, you people that are longtime listeners of the podcast know our stances on guns. We feel like people that are responsible should be able to own them. They just need to pay uh, gun tax, right? Well, we Not a gun like tax. We... What do we call it? Gun insurance. Gun insurance. That was we our plan. Like... We feel like they're fucking awesome. They're metal as fuck. But also, yeah. Um, but let's let's know, try to price out the crazy people and make sure people can't own their own private militia worth of guns. Make sure only the richest 1% of Americans can own guns. That way they can hunt the poor. Right. So I'm... Uh, God, I have so many thoughts on this. Uh, okay, let's start at the beginning. No half measures. If you're going to get a gun to protect yourself, don't get a pellet gun, okay? We're not trying to be polite to uh, someone breaking in. You need to have a weapon that can actually get the job done. So her having an extreme gun that he's so scared of, that seems to work, right? You know, hollow points to blast through any um, invader's Kevlar. So, if you're going to do it, make sure that it works. Go ahead. I can see that the hollow points might, to some people, be a bit much because they're an extremely uh, destructive bullet. Uh, as what, far as what like if they, what, were, what if they were invaded by a Bebop and Rocksteady, Peter? Have you ever thought yeah, of that? Yeah. The a a rhino ninja, skin is tough. The Ninja Turtles. The thing that bothers me most about this is the ants. Because normally I don't read the answers on the air because I don't care. But the answer to this, dear Amy, is fucking retarded. Really? What is it? Yeah. The they they answer according to my research possessing hollow points is illegal in eleven states. Is it legal in your state to own this sort of exploding ammunition? In a report published in twenty fifteen, Chicago found that thirty one percent of households reported having a firearm. 
Uh, according to the study, there are more guns, but concentrated in fewer households. Why must uh, your household be one of them? Where did your daughter get this weapon and ammunition? Has she received safety training? Is she perhaps engaged in another activity that's, outside your household? Like That's um, that's actually uh, an interesting point. We could say, if we were the father, now look, you can own this gun, but you got to go to safety training first. I want you to know how to wield it properly, like a samurai. Make her yeah. take kendo. Well, and if like she was it... willing to do that, then she can keep it. Well, it says, I agree with your ultimatum. I also weep that there is yet another likely unsafe gun owner in this country. You don't know anything about oh this God. lady. Yeah, that's the thing is we've... Guns have, are so fetishized on one side, and the other side, everyone acts like the gun's just going to jump up and start murdering people of its own accord. So, right, it's not... Now, I, I, I've always been under the impression that you don't really need a gun to keep your home safe, but also if you want to use it, fine. Just make sure that you're not a... Uh, make sure you're not insane and that you know how to use it, right? Make sure you're not I, an idiot and... Make sure you're not like my grandma. She's old, and she's been through a lot of surgery, and she's not as there as she used to be. She keeps a fucking pistol under her pillow, and she's like... Oh, oh, God. Okay, that I would say. Now, there's going to be an ultimatum in here, Granny. You can have that gun under your pillow, or you can not. Or I can not I forgot what I was saying. Or I can not come over for Thanksgiving ever again. Right, Um, like that that sounds extremely dangerous, keeping a loaded fire. Oh, it gets more. It gets more dangerous. Huh. She says if anybody comes down that hall that I don't expect, I'm shooting without asking questions. Yeah, that's fucking scary. Don't do that. Well, I, you know, whenever we go visit her, I always knock on the door and then I step to the side like a cop. <laughs> and we're all like, everyone's like, ha ha ha. And I'm laughing too, but not on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Like what, that's, what if uh... one day she gets her days and medication confused? Now there's someone knocking on the door that she doesn't remember. Oh, he looks a lot like her dead son. Oh, maybe we should shoot the ghost. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because my dad died and I look like him. And I'm just saying, she's old and rattled. You never know. I was about to say, Kevin, you came back. James, you came back! Bam! No, I think <laughs> she would I think she would be like, what kind of unholy voodoo has happened to bring you back, James? Did the ground turn sour? I'm going to put you back down like they should have done at the beginning of Pet Cemetery. And the whole time I'm just like, oh, fuck. And they're like, why did you do that? Because sometimes dead is better. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, uh, I don't know, man. Like, leave your daughter with her gun. Or I guess it's your house. You can kick her out. But it seems silly. Uh, yeah, k- kick her out if you're a, a terrible father. Well, he, he already seems like a terrible father. I lock my bedroom door at night. I wouldn't. Door, what what if she needs help? If you're, Is your door made of fucking Kevlar? Yeah, for, first of all, the door's not going to protect you from her if she decides that uh, it's time, Daddy. Secondly, <laughs> what if she needs help, right? Like, what if she hurts herself in the night? Not gun-related, not intruder-related. She, um, I don't know, fucking cuts her hand really bad on a um, opening a can of uh, peaches. She needs to get to the hospital, and you locked up, and she can't wake you up through the door. What's she going to do? Shoot your doorknob off and be like, Daddy, I'm bleeding! I think, I think so. But she's 24, so she's old enough to make her own decisions. Um, here's the thing about guns. I like guns. I've had guns in my home before. Um, the thing about it is, though, uh, in New York City, it's very, very, it's much more difficult to get a gun. So I don't bother with it in New York City, number one. Number two, the only, there's only, there's very few people in my house that I would trust with knowledge of where my gun was if I had a gun. You know what I mean? In your own household? I think that would just be yourself right now. Because it's just uh, the two of you living there. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, but the thing is like Oh, you probably tell your cat. Yeah, I tell my cat. But he likes to knock stuff off, so there's no telling if he dragged my gun out and shoot me with it. Speaking of, I meant to say earlier, uh the reason I would never keep a gun under my pillow is cuz I like I kick and move and squirm a lot in my sleep. I yeah. guarantee you if I got a gun under my pillow, I'd have shot myself in the head within the week. Like there's <laughs> there's no way that wouldn't happen. But uh, no, I just like and households with guns in them are at a much higher risk of like suicide there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of dangerous stuff that goes with it um which is why yeah you got to be careful but i mean i don't know it seems like this guy's overreacting unless she is going like woo 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 and just shooting out stuff you know yeah, if just she has taking... she shown signs of like mental illness or uh wily coyoteism <laughs> or does she does she often clean the gun while looking at you and going one day pa one fucking day tonight <laughs> you yeah if she's not doing that i don't know man maybe have a maybe have a real life conversation with her also maybe don't kick her out she does have a gun that's all i'm saying 
Yeah, right. Like, like we said at the beginning, you know, you're going to need a bigger gun if you want to <laughs> uh, if you want to kick her out. Yeah, man, this ain't rock paper scissors. Yep, it's a rock paper shotgun. Uh, so what else you got for us, Pat? Uh, you asked what we have next. Uh, what we have next, Pete, is uh, Bar the Contemptuous. That would be like the first news point. Oh, so they're fine. So con- uh, Congress, the House is finally going to hold them in contempt. Yeah. So they have, right? Like they voted. We said it the last one. Uh, Mondays when we recorded on Monday. On Tuesday they were gonna vote to hold him in contempt, and they did. But uh, they also held someone else in contempt. Who is it? Uh, William Ross, the Commerce Secretary, who is holding out on um, uh, financial documents that they had you asked mean, for. Wait, is this the Wilbur Ross guy? The guy that's got like the weird floppy mustache, or the old guy? I'm sorry. Uh, William Ross. Are you sure it's not Wilbur? I have Will William in my notes. Whoever the right. Commerce Secretary is, though. Pretty sure it's Wilbur Ross, but let's let's go on, and I'll fact check you and give you a well actually in a little bit. <laughs> um, actually, it's uh, so anyway, they have been voted to be held in contempt, but I mean, who cares? Like, does that make them both criminals now? Yes. Should they be in jail right now behind bars? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it when you ask Will questions that be? you you know that not only do you know the answers to, but that you also uh then answer also actually it's wilbur ross and uh, he is the secretary of commerce uh wilbur lewis ross jr is an american investor and the current united states secretary of commerce do you want to know when he was uh uh, confirmed that would be november 30th 2016 right right so i'm sorry february he was nominated february 27th 2017 the senate confirmed him in a 72 to 27 vote he's currently 81 years old he's from weehawken new jersey so, uh, like I was just telling you, Wilbur Ross is uh, held in contempt. Don't know why you would uh, debate me on that. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing about holding. But no, it's, a, it's it's so hard for me to um, take the serious though, because they have to hold themselves. Look, if they choose not to punish themselves, they don't get punished. They both have such an astronomical amount of power at this point that all they have to do is say, "Well, I'm not going to be punished," and then they don't get punished. Well, here's That's the thing it. about Wilbur, Wilbur Ross. You met an 81 year old guy. He's contemptuous of everything anyway. Old people live in contempt. What's that going to do? He's just going to harumph his way away from the Senate to wherever the fuck he wants. He's an 81-year-old man. Roldo. I just can't imagine you being like, Wilbur Ross, we hold you in contempt. Harumph. My soup's getting cold. And then he just leaves. Uh, Speaking of... Go ahead. If you've ever seen a picture of Wilbur Ross, he looks like a sculpture of an old man made out of leather. Do you want to find a picture of uh, Wilbur Ross for um, our thumbnail today? Yes, let's make it a picture of Wilbur Ross for our picture for this episode. Wilbur Ross. Okay, I hope I can read that later. So, speaking of old people um, wanting to get their way, did you know that Trump is once again weaponizing uh, tariffs in just a petty attempt to get his way? Well, we need to take so much power away from the president because before this guy, there was like... You just didn't realize how bad a moron could fuck stuff up. Because the problem is, uh, he's unable to legislate. He can't do his job, so all he does is resort to like really stuff dumb, ta- really dumb tactics like tariffs, because it's the only thing he understands. Right. Well, it, it's something he found out he could do, and uh, federal judges can't block him from doing it. So he just likes to throw his weight around, so he can pretend like he's doing stuff. So he just threatens tariffs. Now I do we, have different tariff we, news in a second. Well, but... why don't we carve down what he can do to just give raises to poor people? <laughs> that was Trump the threatening again to give more raises to poor people because it's the only thing he can do. Uh, so. We'll get to the Mexican news later, but first, what I find to be particularly um, damning is him threatening uh, Xi Jinping, uh, a.k.a. Winnie the Pooh. with A.k.a. Um, the premier prime minister, the head honcho of uh, China. China, okay, sad. He's threatening him with a $300 million uh, additional tariff if he refuses to talk with Trump at uh, the G20 summit. Why do I feel like this the Chinese Xi Jinping, guy... or whatever they call you, Kung Pao Chicken, you're going to talk to me at the G20 summit, okay? Or else there will be bigly hell to pay. Um, why do I feel that Trump is going to be outfoxed by Xi Jinping? <laughs> Probably. Like, you, I know just... what's, you know what's great about this? 
What's that? This is going to start all kinds of crazy new, like, Chinese parables, like, years from now, about, like, the, uh, the orange toad and, like, the, uh, I don't know, <laughs> what, what, what animal do they really like in China that's small and clever? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. The, the story of, like, Winnie the Pooh and the orange dragon and how Pooh tricked him and, like, yeah. Oh, bother. It'll be a whole beautiful Chinese story about that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. He's um, their current leader's not going to be happy about it, but I figure this is going to be people in the future telling the story. So the other tariff thing was, uh, do you remember we were talking about um, Trump's uh, tariffs that he's trying to levy on? He's threatening Mexico with all these tariffs if they don't make deals about the border. And then finally, some deal came up that was about, oh, we're going to make these um, concessions about the border and trying to stop uh, our own people from getting to it and all that. And Trump was saying, see, look at that, folks. I threatened them with tariffs and it worked. Oh, I'm such a big shot. My plan worked. Remember that? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, the deal that Mexico was talking about was one that was in place and signed off on, like already confirmed about well, I mean, three months ago. It's news, but it's not even news because you know that's how he operates. He but, lies about stuff, tries to take credit for it, but his lies are very, very bad in the first place. But what's wonderful is that it came out that he was lying and he had made up that whole pageantry about uh, threatening them with tariffs. Right. When that came out, he said, no, 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 actually there's a secret deal with Mexico, okay? Only I know about it and also the Mexicans. And he was trying to say that there was a secret deal that was in place, and that's what he managed to get them to do. And whenever he was talking to reporters about it outside, he um, he flashed them a sheet of paper saying, See, it's right here, okay? And um, I think it was uh, Colbert? or No, 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 it was um, God, the guy who does a, a closer look. But anyway, it's one of those TV people who said, you know, Trump used to be so mad about or used to talk about uh, Hillary being unsafe, keeping secret documents uh, on an email server. He walks around with secret information just on a piece of paper in his pocket. Not only could the uh, Russians might be able to hack the, the email server, but a pigeon could hack that sheet of paper. Look, folks, here it is. The nuke codes. Oh, no. Get that pigeon. Yeah, exactly. But um, also, uh, like, the uh, reporters were able to freeze frame on the uh, sheet of paper just as the sunlight shined through it, and they were able to read everything that was on it. So, uh, yeah, no, it was no secret deal. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what he does. He's he's like a, a human Facebook ad campaign that's come to life, and he just keeps running ads, and no one wants uh, to see them. Uh, so it's just wonderful that he had, like, this series of lies and all that that ultimately did nothing, but he's still just trying to get his way and act like a tough guy and... And, I mean, sadly, it's still working because his um, his approval rate still isn't at zero where it should be. Uh, it would never be at he, zero. Yeah, but it is, um, like, at least ten points lower than every single Democrat running, so that's funny. Well, um, you know, uh, Wilbur Ross was married to Hillary Geary in 2004. Ah. <clears throat> so so should gonna... we do more Trump stuff or uh, other stuff? Uh, how about a feel-good hero story? Feel-good hero story? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, let's, uh... Let's hear it. No, that's not the story. No, no, I was saying let's hear it. Oh, I thought you said so that's the story, and I'm like, no. That's you know what, the way it is. You know what was part of the story? Wilbur Ross was actually married to Betsy McConaughey from 1995 to 2000. Oh, I didn't realize you were, uh we're talking about like a real story just then i thought you were still like on the wilbur ross uh wiki page oh no i have stuff a... off because you ran out of stuff to talk about no i have a real story and then i just wanted to pepper some wilbur ross uh um what trivia. do you call it real wilbur ross trivia that would be a fun and terrible bar night trivia to do but we're doing wilbur ross trivia tonight <laughs> everyone groans <laughs> ah, i'll take another Heineken. can anybody name wilbur ross's first wife Married from 1961 to 1995. Was it Mary Ellen? No, it was Judith Nodine. I'm sorry. All right. So, he's a hero, uh, mom of a three-year-old girl who was in a Bronx fire. Um, This Bronx teen named Lucas uh, Silverio, um, I guess was like he was living living in uh, an apartment uh, complex in the Bronx. and he's in the shower, and I guess his mom and grandma were like, the house is burning, we gotta get out! So he ran, uh, he was helping his grandma down the stairs, and then like he ran back up to get the three-year-old out. Um, and uh, he came out with the child, and the child later died of smoke inhalation. 
Oh shit. And then Silver Silverio also died 48 what? hours later. What? Why? Also from, from smoke inhalation? Smoke and flames, yeah. Well, damn it. That's not a good story. You said it was a feel-good story. So that was a hero, feel-good hero story. Um, man, like, what is it in people's brains that make them go, I'll save you, ma'am? I'll take the case. Um, oh. Something good, Pete. Something good. There's an interesting... They get some killed, but it's something good. There's an interesting theory that evolutionary-wise, people that are heroes are so few and far between because whatever gene that activates the hero complex generally killed. doesn't do, yeah doesn't live long enough to be reproduced mm. very sad very sad yeah uh, speaking um, of very sad news i just wanted, um, to, I, just wanted to, I wanted i was trying to hit you with a hook so you didn't know what happened at the end and then i realized it was just a real sad story yeah um so uh the what's sad here looks really sad is that that feel bad story that you had there is still better than some of the news we have coming down the pipes in uh, this podcast today mm-hmm. but so uh, our listeners should be aware that this is going to get really dark so let's do some slightly more um well, here's what i'll do and upbeat news first in between the bad stuff i'll sprinkle in some more wilbur ross facts i have uh, i have two good news beats before we go into some of the worst stuff um that's kind of funny because i used to listen to a christian radio station called the new the good news network Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I think that was a that was the wrong name for it. How so? Because everything was like, do what the Bible says, or you're going to hell. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's not that's bad news. That's not good news. What if I think the Bible sucks? Yeah. What, what if it's boring and I got lost somewhere in chapter one? It's rambling. Why is there not an alternate path to heaven? Right. It's like do the stuff in the Bible or donate one percent of your income to the poor or I don't know fucking uh, kiss your elbow and you spend your whole life trying to, I don't know. I don't have a lot of great ideas. It's easier for a rich man to kiss his on elbow than to backflip through a hula hoop. Anyway. You know what I mean? Maybe do the Bible stuff or be nice to animals. I saw an awful video someone retweeted from PETA today that said, uh, you know, you shouldn't eat living animals. And so I clicked on it and it was uh, an octopus that was just a live octopus. Someone took out of a bowl, like sushi and dipped in something. And I'm like, yeah. Nope. And I clicked away. I was like, no, I don't want to watch someone eat a did live watch, octopus. Did you watch the PETA video I sent you the other day? Oh no, that's uh, on the docket. What was it? Oh, it's so good. Okay. All right. It starts off. So my favorite thing to watch is People that think they're paramilitary but are really bad at it, but they run everything. They're like on walkie-talkies, and they're like, "Over, Roger, making hand signals now. Go two clicks to the east." You know, like that kind of shit. Roger, Roger. Yeah. So you see these fucking people, then uh, they're all like, "There's a like bunch of them. There's like fifty of them, and they're like hopping over this little fence." And the guy's like, "All right, go, go, go." And so they go into this uh, uh, duck uh, duck farm, I guess, where they're slaughtering ducks and cleaning them and sending them off, right, to be eaten. This here um, is the illustrious Potang. And they, over. And they're going, uh, they're going, uh, they're so serious with it. He's like, blue group, go that way. Uh, red group, stay with me. Like, almost like Star Wars, you know, but like, if they were all really dumb. Red October, standing by. <laughs> yeah. And so they, uh, they get to the little place where I guess the ducks are, the ducks are in a pen. And then, like, there's another little conveyor belt where they're hanging the ducks by their feet, and they're about to go into the conveyor belt and get killed. And the best part about it is they show up, and it's not like anybody says anything to them because it is all, like, Mexican agricultural workers. Gotcha. So they can't say anything to them. Well, they just, they have just the, like, you know, like, the, uh, uh, real, like, loud, like, you know, Spanish music on in the back, and, like, they just keep working. They're like, oh, crazy white people. We've been through this before. Just keep your head down and keep working. Yeah. Um, Don't make eye contact, and they, uh, they won't so fuck they, with you. they come in, and they're like, we gotta save these ducks! Stop this conveyor belt! And they're just running around punching buttons, which seems dangerous. Red fuck standing by! <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, they finally, I guess, get it stopped, and they have... You seen those bike locks that, like, like the guy from, um... Breaking Bad had, like, that you can, like, put your neck around. You can, like, kind of, like, lock someone's neck up in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a big metal U. They have a bunch of those, and so they take all the ducks off the little hanging conveyor belt, and then they... uh, And this is immediately where I went, Nope! I would not... This is a bad idea, guys. 
well, say what you will about animals, and then they all start locking the bike locks around these fucking uh, hanging things that the ducks were hanging on to be slaughtered, and then hooking it around their necks. No, what? Oh, no. What and they're pretty... They're that's, pretty that's, not, that's not saving ducks, that's sacrificing yourself. Um, and so they're all, like, locking it up, and da-da-da-da-da, and then something happens, and it starts to move. Um, yeah. Everyone's like going, ah! I don't know what that. I think they gave all their keys to one person too after they locked it. And I go, well, that's a bad idea. Um, and Guys, so starts, I already swallowed the keys. <laughs> it starts going, and everyone's going, ah, my um, And uh, one guy, I don't mean to laugh at people's pain, but it's like you did that to yourself. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Um, and it gets even better, so that's happening, and there's, like, a big... I'm waiting for the punchline to be that they're all dead, and now you need to, like, very carefully check your duck when you buy it. It might be people. Might be PETA. <laughs> um, so it's, like, it's pulling them around, but one guy uh, locked it around his neck, and these things are about your height, so you kind of have to stand up. Like, it's it's like you're getting ready to hang yourself. Like, that's Great. how high the little thing, the little rack is. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to shout, Green Mallard is people! <laughs> So he, uh, so he's getting, you know, they got it around their necks, and there's a, a big, like, post uh, in front of this guy, which wouldn't be a problem if he was a little duck hanging on the thing, but he's a dude. And so what it does is it starts yanking him, and, like, he can't fit around the post, so it's just strangling him. Yeah. And he's going, ah! And the guy's going, ah! Which key is it? Which, you better shut this thing down! Someone's dying! And, like, the workers are just like, ah, just keep working, man. Just don't pay any attention to him. <laughs> um, and then uh, they, they finally get him uh, out, like, but it was such a, like, just like, and then they go, let's go to the gate, plan B, plan B, and then they all go sit down, uh, like, chained together in front of the gate, and they all grabbed a dead duck to hold in their arms and cry. That's stupid. Well, also, also I don't, a... I don't want to hold, I'm like the horses in, um, ancient literature, I'm, I don't like to touch dead things. Hmm. Well, the greatest part was... There's a bunch of, like, ducks in a pen. You could have just busted down part of the pen and freed the ducks. Can I hold a live duck and cry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're holding dead ducks, and I'm like, yeah, there's a bunch of live ducks you didn't do anything for, right? Like, I mean, holding a live duck's joyful. Just make sure that you don't, like, situation their, or situate their ass over your legs, because they'll just shit on you. But if you, like, hold their ass off of your lap, then you can just set them there and pet them. I would have just waited till night... I would have just driven a bulldozer just through all the walls of everything so all the ducks could escape. <laughs> That's what I would have done. That would have been mine. Yeah, you know. fly free, ducks. Fly free. Don't, like, been... fucking strangulate yourself. You're not saving the ducks. Well, you know how PETA is. They try to make a statement. I was in a yeah. grocery store once when I've... PETA came in, and I was like, go away. Have you ever played any of their games? PETA's? They're... No. They're kind of fun, actually. They uh they have a series of um games they release that are like parodies of other games. Uh, their Cookin' Mama one is super gross. If you want to check it out, but the Mario one was the one I played the most, where uh, you play as a Tanuki who's been skinned alive, and Mario ran off with your skin, and so you're a skinless Tanuki chasing Mario through all of his different uh, Mario Brother levels until you can uh, catch him and kill him and get your skin back. Peter made this. Yeah, they made it. Why? Just do, uh, just Google like PETA Mario game. What does that demonstrate? It demonstrates that fur is murder, and sometimes the animal comes back and kills the plumber. <laughs> All right, I guess. Well, um, you know that may be true, but uh, did you know that Wilbur Ross drove two hours a day <laughs> from New Jersey to attend the Catholic College Preparatory Xavier High School in Manhattan? Oh, the I've heard of that Xavier School for the Gifted. Oh, what's his what's his power? Can he control weather? Probably fucking up the economy for poor people. That's uh, that's a terrible mutant power, but an effective one, you got to admit. Man, if uh, Magneto effective. really wanted to kill all the non-mutants, Wilbur Ross is this man. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking of uh, the man, you got some more bad news for us? Uh, I'm going to start with the, uh, the good news I mentioned earlier. The good uh, news? Oh, yeah, we got way off the, the good news. I forgot about that. Good news number one. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Kellyanne Conway, uh, a.k.a. It, from uh, Stephen King's book It. Right. She uh, she has been found in violation, multiple violations of uh, the Hatch Act. It was um, the Jesus. 
I, uh, I lost it where it is. Yeah, the U.S. Office of Special Counsel has recommended that Kellyanne Conway be removed from federal service. They said she violated the hatch numerous times. This has never happened before in U.S. history to a White House official. Here's how I feel about it. Here's how I feel about it. Uh, all these headlines read to me, which is, a uh, rich white person commits horrendous crime uh, at best, suffers minor career setback. No, or, sorry, no at worst. That, that's not a that's not a setback. It's not a bug. It's a feature. It's not a setback. It's um she's doing exactly what Trump wants her to do. No, I know which that. Is just I just mean break the law fragrant, just, fragrantly. Yeah, but the thing is, it's different if you're rich and white. You can yeah. break the law flagrantly. Flagrantly. Right. You it's can, a hard word to say. You can break the law flagrantly. Yeah, you can break the law flagrantly. Yeah. I still can't do it. Okay. We anyway, we very quiet. I'm breaking <laughs> the law flagrantly. I, I hate you so much. So you can break the law, <laughs> do horrendous things, and if you somehow do, if people want justice to be served and the judge and the prosecutor are like, fine. And they can you know, sit on it and spin because they have to hold themselves accountable or well, yeah, no exactly. justice gets served. So, so even if they if you get through all the hoops to get them in a courtroom, you know, uh, with their money and power and access to resources, the judge is there is fine. I find you, and I feel like it's always sarcastic when it's a rich white person. I find you guilty. You have to do probation, and you'll be fined $100. And it's just like... Probation and then, for three months. And then they then they, then they they appeal that. So it's just like there is no justice. <laughs> in the, yeah, you know what I mean? There is no fucking justice in this country. Like, and when there is, you drag your feet and don't get shit anyway. So nothing's going to happen to her. She'll be fine. She'll be rich. She'll be a fucking lobbyist. Yeah, people, it's like, um, remember when Nixon was being impeached? If he hadn't voluntarily stepped down, nothing would have happened, probably. Uh, but there's no, I no think, there's no mechanisms in place to no, force think, him to be removed. I think there was, I think there was, a, there was, there was, a, there was more moral outrage and opposition against Nixon. Well, yeah, because there wasn't a Fox News yet. Fox News was yeah, born because as of a Nixon. Uh, response to Nixon, because exactly. um, Murdoch wanted to make sure that that shit never happened again. He wanted to make right. sure Republicans were above the law. So it became exactly. a 24-7 prop propaganda news network for it's Republicans. Like, it's like we talked a little bit last time about and the Central Park Five and how Linda Fairstein is. Did we talk about how she's getting in trouble now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, so she's going to lose. She She's not on the board at some colleges she was on the board at. And she's she's going to be dropped by her publisher. She'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's then, just like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Do you... Do you not get to be a famous whiter anymore? Oh, how horrible for you. I mean, she's just going to wait like a year for everyone to forget, and then she'll keep and going. Then, yeah, and then publish another book. I'm not sorry! Like, that's what they do. And then yeah. she'll and then she'll sue somebody or appeal a thing. Yeah, there's no fucking justice in this country. Speaking Once you of... reach a certain skin tone and uh, uh, monetary amount. Yep, here you are. In... I am invincible, to quote, what's his name, Boris? There's a certain point in which you somehow are given, once you get a certain amount of wealthy and the right skin tone, you just get the GTA fucking codes for life. Yeah. So, um, in Trader-in-Chief news right quick, you remember how um, Trump spent the last two years screaming, no collusion, and he was saying that, um, you know, it was all just a witch hunt, he had never colluded, blah, blah, blah. Well... Right. That same guy just went on camera and was asked if any, you know, what he would do if uh, any foreigners called him up asking him to collude, and he said, "Yeah, I'll 100% go for it." Right. So here's what I'm, and maybe there's a new strategy with Trump. Maybe they're waiting until he basically He's presents them. Yeah, well, I'm thinking maybe they, they're, they're, Pelosi's like, okay, we give him enough time, he'll become confident, and then he'll actually admit the whole crime on tape at the State of the Union address. He'll make the case for us. I feel like that's what they're doing, but that's fucking stupid. Uh, it's, what's just insane about this is... Get the man in a deposition, he'll come apart. Like, yeah, get, so... him in, get him in one of those Bill Clinton likes. I'm, I'm telling you for the last time, Pat, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, okay? Did you do it, Bill? Okay, if there was a woman like that, I would have sexual relations with her. Did you do it, Bill? Okay, listen. I would have <laughs> done it if I could have done it, but I'm telling you, I did not do sexual relations with that woman. Right, but that woman? Did you do it? Okay, maybe, maybe not that woman, but there are some women that I have not had sexual relations with. Was she one of them? No, she was not. <laughs> but, uh, so they asked Trump if uh, he was approached by Russia offering him 
help to win the election? Would he inform the FBI? And he said, no, without hesitation. And yeah. he made fun of it. He's all like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Call the FBI, waste their time. They're busy, don't you know? And he was <laughs> they told already knew. The they already F- knew all this anyway. He was told that the FBI director said, yeah, this is the law. You have to do that. And Trump immediately replied, the FBI director is wrong. It's like, yeah. what? No, the law is the law. You're supposed to follow the law. Like, even Brian Kilmeade on Fox and News, or Fox and Friends, rather, Fox and Friends suggested, it's like, now, Trump, you know better than anyone. The U.S. president knows better than anyone. You don't accept help from hostile foreign powers because then you owe them something, and you they'll be expecting you to pay it back. Like, Fox and Friends was trying to explain to him why what he said was wrong, and he's still not buying the bait and in response he um he started talking about fucking aquaman on twitter did did you catch that no he said that uh, he he said that he he said that he just got through speaking to uh the prince of wales w-h-a-l-e-s yeah 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 yeah. i saw everybody but that's the problem though like he says something cutesy stupid like that we spend all our time making fun of him and the right just loves him more for it his stupidity is saving him Right, but it, I mean, oh God, it's just infuri- He Exactly. Look. So he, just on this podcast, we went from talking about basically admitting to treason to like, oh, but he missed, look at he misspelled something, look at the little guy. Like, even us, yeah. it took us off the important thing. That's how he wins. He's like some weird fucking Doctor Who monster. <laughs> as soon as you look away, you forget that he exists. No, like we, you... look, we look at our arms, we're like, oh, there are check marks everywhere. No, you look, it's it'd be a or new monster. Marks. It's like, you know that it's deadly, and everyone goes, well, why can't we defeat it? Well, you look at it, you understand how deadly it is, and then it does something so completely stupid, you get distracted by making jokes about the stupid thing it just did, then it kills you. Yep. So, uh... Stupidity is, is natural 20... camouflage. It, it is, and it's working for him. Back in 2016, when he said, uh, during the summer, I think it was in July, on camera he said this, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you can find your ways to finding those 20,000 missing emails. As soon yeah. as he said that, within the next 20 hours, turns out Russia was listening, <laughs> because for the first time ever they tried to hack into uh, Hillary's email server. Well, they tried what to was hack great in... about it was as soon as he said that, you heard that, like, bing, you've got mail. Yeah, so <laughs> fucking... That's just the crazy part is that he's admitted on camera to being a traitor before. We just he wasn't president at the time, and once he became president, they sort of wiped the slate. They like an etch a sketch. You shake it all away. You pretend like none of that happened. But and everything he has done has proven that he is still that same person. And also, here's the thing that uh, I just sort of got distracted by russia colluded with him as soon as he called for russia's help just then he called for russia's help again by saying that if foreign powers offered him help he would accept it he's saying yeah. hey russia come and help me exactly uh, he even he's... said in, on camera and i would forgot that he said this is in russia if you did that you would be tremendously rewarded i totally forgot that he said that he offered them a reward in exchange for doing it yeah so they either need to impeach him or we're all fucked uh, just like yeah, because again, he's just gonna cheat again, and foreign powers will get to decide. Because here's the thing: here's what this leads to. Eventually, the Democrats are gonna say, "Fuck it, we'll accept help from a uh, from England, from France, from right. everyone else," and then basically America will stop being about who Americans elect president, and it'll be which well, foreign power was able to spread the best propaganda. Here's the crazy thing about it: you know how all right, so Putin... the rest of the world gets to elect our president. Putin ran his Putin was president, and then he let this other guy become prime minister, and he became that guy's like uh, uh, vice president, right? So it was kind of this move where he was Putin's puppet, but like he was still, you know, like at least uh, upholding kind of uh, uh, yeah. So democracy still exists here, right? Right. Uh, but then, like, I guess that bothered him. So then he was just like, ah, running for president again forever. So. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen is if Trump doesn't leave, uh, it's, we're just going to have Putin in 2020. Like he's just, he doesn't like to share power. So he'll, he'll eventually push Trump out of the way and be like, yes, I am United States president now. Yeah. Yeah. So you there's know. that. Yeah. That's, what else have we done? Uh, that sort of ties into the next thing. Uh, one quick note. Um, do you remember, uh, Amash was He's so far the only GOP congressperson that's called for uh, Trump's impeachment. He's the only uh, Republican congressman who is allowed to use a urinal right now, is all I'm going to say. He's the only one that stands up to pee. Yep. Well, he's been uh, kicked out of the Freedom Caucus by the um, the other House GOP 
Freedom Caucus members. Because, uh -huh. so, you know, he refused to swear fealty to their lord. So he has to be removed. So this is... I mean, I knew that this was going to happen. Unless a lot of people, you know, break away at the same time, there's going to be harsh punishments for the few outliers that do break away. Because they know that, you know, they have to make an example of him so other people won't be willing to switch sides. Well, he'll be the most interesting one to see. Will they actually hurt him? Or will he succeed? Because if they can't hurt him, it's going to inspire others to have a Spartacus moment. Or they may just be able to quickly and quickly, fastly run him out. Ah! Sorry. My Did computer you... likes to randomly play ads in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the ad, but I was like, oh, that's... Ah! Oh, why is it talking to me? Uh, I heard she screamed, though. So, um... <clears throat> This next part is written by uh, Elizabeth C. McLaughlin. Okay. And this is just like a 20-something part um, tweet chain. Oh, oh yeah, it's heartbreaking. I, I was uh, I was trying to think about how to approach, it, uh, approach discussing this, but I think the best way to do it is just to read it uh, top to bottom, and I'll stop right before she starts calling for Congress people to um, do something about it. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my Wilbur Ross facts back up so I can... <laughs> Whenever I read um, Don't Look Away or anything along those lines, that's a good time to like plug in a good Wilbur Ross fact. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. So that's going to break up the horror yep. that we're about to have to go through. So, ladies and gentlemen, just to uh, brace you with this, this is really fucking sad. Like, I'm being serious here. All right. Everyone ready? <clears throat> I have just gotten off the phone with a friend who is a legal volunteer in Border Patrol facilities. Don't look away. Well, you know, Wilbur Ross was the, uh, he ran track and was the captain of the rifle team. <laughs> ah. My friend has done two tours now volunteering as a legal advocate inside CBP facilities. She passed along information about what is happening there that indicates that the Trump administration is violating every basic human right and is moving towards military, quote-unquote, solutions. So... That folks understand the process, CBP has outposts on the border. Refugees seeking asylum. Hold on just a second. What is what is CPB? I don't know. She never says what it stands for. I guess some kind of border enforcement. Yeah, um, border patrol, commerce border patrol, Canada border patrol. I don't know. Uh, but it it really is never said in the whole thing. If you care about what Trump's doing at the border, you need to read and share this. Yeah, there's nothing about it up at the top. But um. Anyway, so that people understand the process, CBP has outposts on the border. Well, I will tell you, not reading at this point, I will tell you that um, this is all about asylum seekers that come to America legally. So everything that's happening here is about people who are 100% legal. This is not... Um, this is not even illegal immigrants that, again, and Ill illegally crossing the border is only a misdemeanor, so that's the same thing as speeding a bit or loitering outside of a gas station. It's not a high crime, and people are being treated like, you know, hardened fucking criminals for doing it. This is people that are 100% coming here illegally and seeking legal means of entry into the country, okay? All right, we're all on the same page here. Back well, to reading. you know that... Uh... He went to, uh, Wilbur Ross went to Yale College, his father's alma mater. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Refugees seeking asylum travel hundreds of miles on foot, including with infants and small children, and turn themselves in at these outposts on foot. Here's what happens next. Don't look away. Well, you know, in the 1980s, Donald Trump was in financial trouble. His three casinos in Atlantic City were under foreclosure threat from lenders, Ross, who was in a senior managing editor at Rothschild Incorporated, represented investors in the casino and along with a guy named Carl Ican, Ross convinced bank holders to strike a deal with Trump, allowing Trump to keep control of the casinos. Huh. CBP then transfers these human beings to a facility called the Dog Pound. And here's where my friend started crying. The dog pound is comprised of cages, outside and on the dirt, with no protection from the elements. There are dozens of teen moms there. There is no baby food. While there, my friend saw a CBP agent take a baby from her teenage mother, strip the baby of its clothes, and hand the baby back to the mother and send them outside to the dog pound to sleep in the dirt. 
The dog pound has no running water, no covers, no tarp, no care, no safety from the elements. It's freezing at night and deathly hot during the day. Everyone is sick. My friend said she saw a baby on this trip that was so sick, quote, I thought it would be dead by the morning, end quote. Toddlers in the dog pound who have been eating solid food are given only infant formula. Moms are trying to start breastfeeding again so that their children don't starve. These moms are dehydrated, sick, and have walked miles through, through the desert with no water. CBP gives them nothing. It gets worse. Don't look away. Well, did you know that Wilbur Ross was given his first job uh, on Wall Street uh, in the summer of... Oh, I had it. Anyway, whatever. He got basically got a summer job. It's uh, summer of Auto 03 when the Kaiser took our owls. That's, yeah, that's Wilbur Ross for you. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. From the dog pound, these human beings are moved to an area called the freezer. The freezer is kept at 55 degrees. Which, um, just breaking from the script for a second, 55 doesn't sound like it's super low, but this is people that have been in uh, 100 plus degrees temperatures in uh, the Texas desert. So I would rather, the, this is going to sound The difference terrible. would be stark. Is it, well, that's how you give people hypothermia and, um, what do you call it? Now you just hypothermia. Um, oh, pneumonia. You give people pneumonia yeah. by rapid rapid temperature change. It makes them sick and they die. I'd rather be outside. I'd be like, don't. I hate cold rooms with no blanket. Yep. Also, I hate children dying, too. I don't mean to make light of it. <laughs> yeah, but no, also, no. Ch children dying is pretty awful. I hate a cold fucking room with no blanket. You know that there's no blankets in there. Oh, yeah, they, they say that in a second. There's no blankets, there's no nothing. The freezer is kept at 55 degrees. Some of the refugees who are moved there are still wet from their journey, and they put and they are put in the freezer while wet. CBP is keeping human beings in the freezer for weeks at a time. Weeks. Including critically ill people, disabled people, sick children, teenage mothers with babies. The floor of the freezer is made of dirt or very rough concrete. There are no beds. Keep reading. Yeah, that seems very unnecessary. But after obtaining his MBA from Harvard, Robert Ross <laughs> launched his career working for money management firms and investment banks. I think the I think the back and forth is just making it worse. I think so too. It's dragging it out. Want me to power through a few? Yeah. I mean, we <clears> get <throat> the gist, but yeah. From the freezer, refugees are supposed to be moved to ice facilities ice facilities that are designed for residential care they have beds food bathrooms however those facilities are empty ice is shutting them down what our government is doing instead of moving refugees to or what our government is doing instead is moving refugees to military installations the announcement about fort still which used to be a Japanese internment camp is only the start. Oh, and I want to dip out of this very quickly to say that's another bit of news I have. Um, Trump is going to reopen the Japanese-American internment camps that the United States used um, during World War II to um, begin stuffing Mexican immigrant children into them and asylum seekers into them. So is it okay to start calling them concentration camps yet? Is, well, it, uh, I, I, is the I did, comparison between Trump and Hitler not like kind of solid at this point? I did a lot of reading on concentration camps, uh, and to, yeah, so technically to qualify for a concentration camp, we always think about like Auschwitz and Dachau and like the extermination camps. But the thing about concentration camps is basically you're putting a concentrated group of people in one place, which leads to disease, poor sanitation. Like it's just it's people don't do well in camps, right? And uh, the longer you keep them there, the worse they'll do. And initially, like, even the uh, German concentration camps weren't designed for execution at first. They just yeah. wanted to hold people. Yeah, they, they didn't set out to exterminate all the Jews. That's something they worked their way up to. Just like we're not setting out to exterminate all the Mexican immigrants at this point. But we're clearly working up to that because... Because well, you're moving it away from any kind of accountability at all. If you want to... If you yeah. think... If for whatever reason you think that rounding up asylum seekers... And putting them all in holding places until you can get them through the immigration court. Okay, I could see the merit in that. 
if you weren't trying to, if you let, uh, what do you call it? You allowed the camps to be inspected and you weren't trying to hide them in places where inspectors couldn't come through, but you are. And it's already get, like, there's already a bunch of kids and people that are being, that are being abused, assaulted and like sexually abused. Uh, people are fucking dying. Yeah. And, and that's so, happening while there's still a level of accountability. Once they get right. moved to military installations, there is zero accountability. There's not even that. And if they're treating them this poorly while there's still we, a yes. level of observation and accountability going on, imagine what they're going to do. Like, that's when it comes to the gas chambers. Once you can't, once we can't see them anymore, once we can't know where they're at anymore, yep. once they can be kept completely hidden from the public, that's when they start gassing them. You don't think the Germans just told the regular citizens that they were gassing all the Jews. No, they kept that shit secret. That shit was, you know, leaked to the public way, you know, after Hitler went it was, down. Yeah, it was so unbelievable that when uh, the Allies liberated the concentration camps, um, Eisenhower ordered cameras and recording equipment to be brought in because he was like, no one's going to believe this. Right. And this is exactly where our government is headed right now. And so let's uh, power through the last few, uh, um, the last bit of uh, the what's written here okay so the announcement about fort still which was used as a japanese internment camp is only the start why would our government be doing this here's why these concentration camps let's call them what they are will be under the control of the department of homeland security but within the department of defense unlike ice facilities which allow site inspectors inside there will be no inspection of military-run camps the here's military the will be able to deny access to anyone it chooses. No media, no oversight. Well, here's yeah. a, here, here, so there's two things that make me feel a little better about this. Number one, I still have faith in the United States military more so than I have in ICE and fucking the Border Patrol yahoos, right? That's an interesting point I hadn't considered. Um, While I, 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 do, I, 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 ICE... ICE agents tend to be human scum whereas the military is a grab bag and can often be very good people i think the military they're... are better better trained better equipped because ice doesn't know what the fuck they're doing uh outside of like the f shit they know they're doing so it does it's not good that it's being hidden but like i said i still don't believe that the united states army are a bunch of nazis like it took a while for no, the not nazis our military yeah, it took a lot for the Nazis to infiltrate the German military, and there were a lot of German military people that left and were like, this isn't right. Yeah. So, there that might be, maybe I'm reaching, but maybe that's a silver lining, is that like, you know, at least there are, there are still good people in the military, and I can't imagine that they would be as shitty as ICE and Border Patrol is. That actually is a very good point that I hadn't considered, so that maybe a genuine silver lining to this yeah it might it might backfire on the fucking assholes or like yeah we're gonna hide it. and then maybe you know uh some stuff will happen and some military people will push back hopefully but uh lawyers will not be allowed in human rights monitors will not be allowed in. that's crazy in the united states that we're like no human rights monitors thank you like yeah uh, camps will also be protected airspace meaning that no drones can fly over them and take pictures of what's going on inside the Trump yeah, administration. I mean, I mean it's it, it, look at the level of accountability at least we have in Gitmo. And remember Abu, Gra Abu Ghraib, the yeah. prison camp in Iraq, where they were abusing prisoners? That came out. So I'm just saying, I think maybe there's more accountability on a military base than there is in a fucking ice dungeon. hope so. The Trump administration will be able to conduct itself in whichever way it wants to without anyone knowing what's going on inside. Think about what that means. Think about why they would want to do that. This is happening right now. Yeah. I, ICE facilities with beds and food are empty because the Trump administration is moving refugees into military-run concentration camps where they can do anything they choose without oversight, media scrutiny, or advocate access. Well, Let's see. Um, oh, and the administration is already co committing atrocities at CBC facilities. Uh, Border Patrol agents at the facilities where my friend was working at refer to these human beings as bodies. Not people, bodies. They are denied medicine, toilets, food, beds, shelter, and clothes. My friend said that Flores is, is on very tenuous ground. We're days away from being met with. We're not going to let you in, no matter what. Yeah. What's coming is crime against, crimes against humanity. America is already perpetrating mass human rights violations, and this administration is setting up so they can do far worse in secret under military supervision. And let's see. 
I think, yeah, everything else is just what we've been speculating. And followed by, you know, if we do nothing, the blood will be on our hands. If Nancy Pelosi does nothing, blood will be on her hands. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes the whole argument for impeach right now, despite, oh, he might get off in the Senate. Well, you got to start it. Like, he needs to go. Right. There needs to be accountability. We can't just let, you know, second Hitler rise to power. Well, um, I had another uh, news story, but we are running out of time. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm wondering, do you think that um, Lumpy Hannity would be um, warning Trump? Oh, don't worry, everything will be or telling Trump. Oh, everything will be okay. Don't don't worry about the Allied nations uh, marching on the White House. Everything's fine. Um, Lumpy his, Lumpy will do whatever the billionaires that own his company tell him to do. Probably. So since uh, Trump's so buddy buddy with um, Putin and Kim Jong Un, do you think that a uh, it's going to be America, Russia, and uh, North Korea as the next great access of evil. Like, uh, in the history books, people looking back on this. No, no, and here's why. I don't think it'll get to us allying ourselves with North Korea and Russia. I, mean, I think We have allies. I mean, we're already a puppet state of Russia, and we're super friendly with uh, North Korea. Way friendlier we, than we are with the we, UN anymore. We're not, we're not friendly with North Korea. He is. You don't he, see he, he is us in the world's you, eyes. He is us, right? But you don't see like Lindsey Graham over like he's doing that all on his own. No, um, I don't think that we'll become an axis of evil with them. I think more than likely is this place will t turn into Syria real quick. I think that the nation is not. It's too divided. There's too many people that don't agree with the shit he's doing, but there are enough people that do agree with the shit he's doing. So I think more than likely uh, we'll just kill each other and people at our southern border before we become another axis of evil. Yeah, I mean, all that sounds good to me. I, I, I liked your analysis. So yeah, that's um, like that was a that was a rough story to get through. But I just really want people to be aware that this shit is going on. Yeah. That um, we're torturing children as just part of what we do. Is just just who America is these days. We shouldn't be. This shit needs to stop. But will it? Oh, Nancy Pelosi is right now our best hope to get the uh, the wheels turning on impeachment uh, to make that shit happen. And it doesn't look like she's going to do it because she's worried about uh, re-election. An, so, an old lady clinging to power is our Batman. We're fucked. Yeah. I am the knight. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop the recording here. <laughs>